Thank you, Kelly Robinson. Very much good morning, everybody. Summer has arrived. It has arrived finally for all of Texas. And uh, so, if that's the case at your place, let's talk about the plants at your place in the summertime. Let's talk about the next step in your fall vegetable gardening. We went directly from uh, trying to maximize the spring plantings to what goes in now for fall plantings. And so on and on and on. Let's talk about your lawn. Let's talk about your landscape. If you have St. Augustine, you probably have a chance of chinch bugs in the hot, sunny parts of your yard. They're the insects that make the lawn look dry. You water and it doesn't help any. You get down your hands and knees and you can see the little things. BB-sized, black with white diamonds on their backs. Your uh, local hardware store or independent retail garden center or even the big national chain stores. I hope you don't. Hope you don't shop there. I hope you go to independent local businesses. But but anyway, I digress. Anybody just about has a control for chinch bugs. And then gray leaf spot is the other thing that shows up in St. Augustine right now. It turns the grass green, uh, 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 lighter green and then yellow, and then it will kill it out. And it is going to be all through the lawn, not just in the uh, sunny hot spots like chinch bugs are. And when you look closely at the lawn with a gray leaf spot, you'll see gray spots on the leaves. I bet you had figured that one out. And uh, it usually follows application of fertilizer, nitrogen. That means that the nitrogen uh, accelerates the problem, exacerbates the problem. And uh, it will show up on the blades and on the runners, and it's in the hot weather. You don't see gray leaf spot in the spring or fall. You see it in the heat. And so you say, all right, better not fertilize. And that's exactly right. You wait another six weeks or so to fertilize uh, if you have a history of gray leaf spot in your lawn. There are a couple of fungicides that are labeled for control of gray leaf spot. If you take my electronic newsletter, eGardens, I've talked about them several times in the last uh, four or five weeks. But uh, they are azoxystrobin and daconil, those two. And once again, an independent retail garden center or a really well-trained feed store or hardware store employee will have those products and will show them to you and explain, uh, yes, this is azoxystrobin, which is basically at consumer level only available in Halt's Disease X, and then Daconil is available in a lot of different products. So that's what we have. You know what? I haven't given the phone number, have I? Jared Taylor's waiting for the phone to ring, and he's saying, Neil, Neil, you're doing a talk show. You're not giving your phone number. This is live, after all, and I'm kind of counting on those phone calls. 888 256 1080. That must have been one of the uh, slower starts of my broadcasting career, and that's the reason. 888 256 1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Won't you please call now? That's a please call now because I forgot to give the phone number out. So you can catch me up on, on things. That's what I would appreciate. Um, I'm here for almost an hour, and and uh, we can talk about anything you'd like to. I just immediately go to the St. Augustine things because everybody seems to call about St. Augustine, and it turns into the St. Augustine hour instead of the lawn and garden hour. And um, I'd, I'd rather just talk about other things than just that for the whole hour. So I hope that hope that helps. So, one more time, that phone number, we only have four lines. Grab them now while you can. Grab one. You only, it's one per customer. 888-256-1080. It's told for anywhere you can hear me. We broadcast to uh, 33 stations uh, from the Panhandle to the 
southmost, not southmost, but very southern part of Texas to Corpus Christi, and all the way from Crockett and Bryan College Station all the way west to beautiful Alpine, Texas. So there you are. I noticed at Alpine, I was looking at my weather bug app, and the next uh, 10 days, a 10-day forecast, I don't believe they're going to get out of the 80s and down into the 60s at night. My mom and dad lived there during the Depression, and uh, they always talked about, oh, we love the summers in Alpine. You can see why. Let me tell you about my book, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. Love to hear from you. Love to get a copy to you. It could become your go-to gardening reference. I self-published this, the fifth book that I have written. It's the first one I have self-published. And I did that so I could finally have the book I always wanted. I got tired of dealing with, with committees in publishing uh, uh, circles. Uh, they always have one thing at the top of their mind, and that is cut the cost, cut the cost, cut the cost, make more for the company. And I kept saying, you know, I don't want to throw out all those photos. They're very important to what I was trying to do. I don't want to shorten the book. I don't want to uh, do a paperback. I don't want to do it only electronic. I don't want to have it printed overseas. I don't want to do this. Don't want to. And it's made me sound like the most negative person in the world, and I'm really not. This one covers all topics of outdoor gardening for all parts of Texas. Lawns, landscapes, annuals, perennials, fruit and vegetables. Uh, Chapter 2 is something I've never put in a book before. It's a 48-page calendar, four pages per month. It's a generic per month. It's not uh, assigning uh, July of uh, 2021. It's it's generic. What do you do in July? It's going to be the same thing next July, uh, más o menos. So anyway, that's that's what Chapter 2 is. It's a calendar telling you what you need to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray in July so you'll always be on time with things. This book has 344 pages. Here you go, 840 of my photos. There. That's why I went, went to self-publishing. It's a hardback. It was printed in San Antonio on high-quality paper. And I said, I don't want to put it in stores. I don't want to put it on Amazon. I want to sell it directly to my readers to my listeners, and so that's what I've done. I bypassed all of those people who want to mark up the cost, and so I sell it to you directly out of our house uh, in my pickup to the post office to your mailbox. That's a one-step process. You order it directly from me. That's from my office. My office is Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, but you can order at my website right now. The office phone number, if you need to call to order, is, like I say, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, 800-752-GROW. I guarantee your satisfaction with every book that I sell, or I'll refund every penny you spend. It's only thirty six ninety five plus tax and postage. 67,000 copies sold. I've not yet had any request for refund. 800-752-4769. But the better way by far is to order it right now at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. There's a lot of talk these days about Made in America. Let me tell you about something that's made in America. It's been that way for 90 years. Mueller metal roofing and steel buildings and other Mueller products are made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home, a custom steel building, a shed, a greenhouse for the backyard, that name Mueller means that you're getting quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the good old USA. 
Sounds like the thing I was saying a minute ago. USA is pretty important to all of us. With 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. Ordinary, hardworking folks who are proud to provide a product made right here in America. You uh, know that Mueller Metal Roofing and Steel Buildings with 90 years of making customers' dreams come true. When a business has been doing that for that long, you know they're doing it right. Visit MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER to find a location near you. That's 877-268-3553. Mueller, they're made in America, and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll be back with more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Let me please repeat that if you, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, I'd like to fill up those lines, 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. First call up today is Pat in College Station. Pat, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, Pat. He dropped. All right. Do you know what his question was? Or no, he he went directly to topic, didn't he? For you, we knew what the topic was in a micro moment. He said, "I'm Pat from College Station, Mexican fan poems." So that's it. That's all we know, folks. So, Pat, you're going to need to call back. Folks, go ahead and fill up the lines, if you will, please. I'm going to take a break and and get us ahead so we'll have more time, if you'll call. But uh, for the first time uh, this summer, we have a a line open unexpectedly. So that that is an interesting uh, situation. And that number is 888-256-1080. Call right now, 888-256-1080 for the uh, Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Let me tell you about Neil Sperry's eGardens. This is my electronic newsletter that comes from my computer directly to your email box. It happens on Thursday, and we have 75,000 people who subscribe to eGardens. Yes, that's right. You have to subscribe to it, but it's free. I have no way to know that you want it. Otherwise, I'm not just going to send it to 30 million Texans. Uh, That'd be fun, but it would cost me a good bit. Uh, to do that. Uh, It costs a good bit to do it this way, but I'll take my chances on that. Uh, What I want you to do is go ahead and sign up for it and take a look, and I think you'll like it a lot. If you want to see what it looks like, go to my website. That's where you do sign up for it, and we always leave a current issue there for you to look at. That's at neilsperry.com and uh, click on eGardens. There are five stories in every eGardens. One of them will always be a featured plant of the week. One of them will be a featured question of the week. Sometimes I'll have a couple of questions of the week. And then one will also always be a, uh, a segment that I call, a section that I call Gardening This Weekend, where I point out the things that you need to do in your landscape and garden in that week. So that uh, that weekend, so you'll you'll have an idea of what to pick up from the store on the way home the next day. Neil Sperry's eGardens, and uh, it is free and always will be. And I will never give or sell your email address to anybody. I won't spam you myself, so you don't have to worry about it. Go to neilsperry.com, same place you go to buy my book, 
and uh, then click on the eGardens tab, and it will show you the latest issue, and it will give you the chance to sign up. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com for eGardens. More after these messages. Toll free anywhere. So when you get to Mars, you can call us from Mars. That's, that's what they said. Network will pick up the bill for you. All right, 888-256-1080. Going to have to beg you guys. What's this? Bill in Amarillo was nice. He called Bill. This is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. I've got a deer lease down by Dickens, Texas, where we've got really sandy soil. And I just noticed this last week when I was on the property. There's a flower there that probably is a weed. But anyway, it's got two opposing petals that are dark blue. I went to an A&M extension office up here, and the fellow there, after some looking, identified it as an Asiatic dayflower. Do you know anything about those? I have had it growing in my landscape. Okay. <laughs> that didn't tell you much other than, the, no. the, yes, Neil knows about it, yeah. <laughs> How can I help you? Oh, I just wanted to know what there was to know about them. Is, is it something I can move to a clay soil, or do they require a sandy soil? I don't know that you would necessarily want to move it. There, there are other uh, uh, day flowers that uh, you could move, you could buy that uh, uh, that might be a little more rewarding for you. That uh, that would not be quite as invasive. That that tends to invade, and okay. uh, the other problem that you have is that it. Uh, the stems will break off in uh, segments and uh, it will just come up in all your flower beds and it's it's just going to be a nuisance for you that's the way it was with mine i had it in a liriope bed a big liriope bed and before i knew it it just spread through the whole bed i got rid of it but it took a long time there's a, okay. a related plant that you might want to look up is uh, is spiderwort w o r t one word spiderwort right and it okay. has a very similar flower, the same blue color, and that one is a little more mannerly. I appreciate it. All right. They're both related to Wandering Jew. They're out of that same group. They're, they're very pretty. The little day flowers are, are very pretty. They're named because they only last for the one day, obviously. I bet you had huh. figured that part out, hadn't you? Uh, no, I had not because I was only on the property for about 30 minutes. <laughs> okay. It was slamming shut before your eyes. No. All right. It's, it's a pretty little plant. Well, I appreciate the call. Thank you, sir. Have a yes, good day. Sir. All you right. Too. All righty. Uh, okay. So let me give you the phone number once again, and that is 888-256-1080. And I, I don't know what people would be doing right now, Jared. I am wondering uh, what uh, what has – oh, I'd be watching the Olympics. That might be happening. Not to not to lose the audience that we do have. To Oh, wow. Thank you, Neil. Forgot they were on. So – Anyway, um, let me uh, tell you, if you will, please, about, oh, you, you just added one for me. Let's do that then. Let's go to Jeff in Plano. Jeff, this is Neil. Good morning. I'm, How are you? I'm Neil. Can you hear me okay? I do. I do. Thank you, sir. Okay. I have two different areas uh, that I want you to give me some information on regarding right. wheat. One is a crushed granite bed that's probably... 10 feet by 30 feet. It's out behind our house with the pool pump and the storage boxes and things like that. I've got a paver sunken in for a pathway. Um, 
And the other bed is a rock bed that's along the outside of our fence, which is probably a three foot by, you know, 100 feet maybe across. It's got the uh, baseball to softball size rocks in it. Okay. Trying to keep the weeds out of those both seasons, all seasons. All right. Um, okay, so I, I understand the decomposed granite, and I understand the river rock. What yep. is just outside these two beds? Um, just immediately adjacent to them. On the on the crushed granite bed or the decomposed granite bed, it is all encased in fence and house. So there's nothing on the outside. It's all encased. You just want to keep it clean. I'm trying to keep the weeds out. I have spurge that grows up there and some of the other things. I'm trying to figure and then, you know, annual gets in there in the wintertime. Okay. Gotcha. Is it green? Is it pre-emergent? Uh, I'm trying to figure where my... Well, that, and that helps to know both both what is around it and what you're trying to get rid of. Okay, I can help you with that one. What about the uh, river rock bed? We do have some white yuccas that are in there, a space about 10 to 12 feet apart on that rock bed, on the uh, uh, river rock bed. Okay. All right. Um I am not going to recommend there, – there are products – let me just acknowledge that they do exist. There are products that you can use to if, – if this were a – if this were a parking lot in a, in a county government facility mm-hmm. where they took cars that had been impounded. I mean, I'm trying to paint it as the worst possible place on earth. <laughs> that we're trying to maintain, and they just don't want anything to grow there. There are products that could be used for that that would that would be total kill products. I don't recommend those. Don't ever don't ever even talk about them. I don't even know what the current state of the art of that is, because those can be picked up by heavy rains and washed and carried other places. So I, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, my recommendation on in the decomposed granite, because it it would really be prone to that. It it, it makes a hard pan. And things would be carried away off that surface downhill, down mm-hmm. to a drainage area, whatever. Uh, I'm going to be pretty strong in both of these beds to use a straight glyphosate product. That would be like the original Roundup or some of its clones like Cleanup and some of the other products. These have no other weed killer mixed in with them. The people who manufacture Roundup have seen fit to take that name and put it as an umbrella over a lot of different products and say, oh, mm-hmm. that, that is selling so well, let's just call a lot of products Roundup, and this is now Roundup that does something else and something else and something else. So what, what you're looking for is glyphosate only as the only active ingredient. Now, there's going to be water in it or inert ingredients or something, but there won't be any other weed killer that is uh, mm-hmm. going to offer any herbicide control. So... That, those are contact herbicides. The, all the various glyphosate products are uh, contact. They have to go on to plants that are growing. They're not pre-emergent. They do not do anything in the soil. That's why I recommend them for what right. you're thinking about. Uh, you could use those once the poa annua is up a couple of inches tall or an inch tall and get rid of them. I use those in my driveway. We have paved stone uh, pavers. Mm-hmm. And I'll use those to keep poa annua out of the driveway. Now, granted, you have to let it get just a little bit of height to have some leaves. And so you have that brown stubble after you do Mm -hmm. that. You have to come along with a line trimmer and and very easy to trim it. But that's that's the best way in that kind of a setting. You could use a pre-emergent. And if you do, the the only time that you would be able to apply it 
would be the last week of August or the first week of September in Plano, Texas. Um, If you do that, you're going to have to water it in. And I don't know how you're going to water it in to decompose granite unless you do it really slowly. So that's going to be, that one's on you. That's going to be your problem. Now, in the other bed, so those are two answers to that one. The, uh, the glyphosate would kill pretty much anything that's in there growing and active, and then the pre-emergent for the poa annua. Um, as for the river rock, uh, I would probably pretty much stick with the, um, I'd probably pretty much stick with the, with the glyphosate in that one because of your yucca plants. Um, you could use pre-emergent. Uh, those uh, things like uh, uh, Balan and Halts and Dimension, are none of those will hurt the yucca. Um, if, the only if you question have, I, yeah, if you uh, have Poa annua there, go ahead. I'm sorry. The only question I have with the river rock is we do have a magnolia that blows its leaves. You know how that goes all, all season long. And right. I am below that area commonly, which I probably will remove a lot of the pre-emergent I throw down. Uh, they come out with the loose dirt as up below. So I was wondering if I'm just wasting my time there. Um, no, I don't think so. You need to water it right after you put it on. It's going to be granular. Right. And, and when you water it, you're going to be uh, turning it into a, a liquid slurry that's going to go into the soil. Okay. And you're also going to be getting it off the rock and down onto the surface of the soil. It, it's not going to be blowable at that point. Can I do that on both of those areas in winter or, say, March and again in June like you do for the warm season and again in um, September for the winter? Can I use that pre-emergent? For, yes, a very uh, early September, first week of September. But, yes, okay. you've been paying okay. attention. I'm, I admire that and yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, yes, you could. I don't know how many summertime weeds. Well, for the spurge, that would help, yeah. and, and yeah. you could do that. Yeah, sure okay. could. Okay, well, you've helped me a lot. And I appreciate All right. It. I enjoy your show, bud. Take care. Thank you. I love doing it. Thank you. Have a good day. All right, we have TW in Houston County, Woodrow in Austin County, and Tad in College Station. That may be Tad. We thought it was Pat. So I'll bet, I'll bet that's what happened. And so Tad's back. So anyway, we'll give it a try. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book, and you can have it, and it'll be your book. And I'd love to do that for you. Uh, it uh, could be your go-to gardening reference. I think I covered everything I've ever written, I've ever talked about, I think is in this book. I worked a year of my life doing this book for you. Uh, and those were 12-hour days, pretty much seven days a week. I went to church. I had to write my newspaper columns and do my radio programs. But And I saw my family occasionally. But uh, it has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is that 48-page calendar I described a few minutes ago. Chapters 3 through 11 are very detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. It's all in there. 344 uh, pages, uh, hardback, 840 photographs, my photographs. I chose to print it in San Antonio at Clear Visions, not to send it overseas. I wanted to go to the press checks to see that it was just perfect, and I also wanted to keep my fellow Texans employed. This is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. I wanted to be able to sign every copy, and so I'm doing that. I'll get a truckload of six or eight pallets of books, 
and I'll systematically go right through those books, and I thank you for that. We've sold 67,000 copies to date, and I always guarantee satisfaction with the book, or I'll refund every penny, and not one of those 67,000 copies. No one has asked for a refund yet. It's only thirty-six ninety-five plus tax and postage. That's just the cost of something not very major in your landscape. I can save you that much in six months. That chapter two of when to do things will pay for that. So, satisfaction guaranteed, remember. If you don't think I've saved you enough money to cover the cost, I'll buy the book back from you. No questions asked. You order it one of two ways, since it's not in stores and not on Amazon. Either call my office Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, or order it right now or anytime at my website. My website is neilsperry.com. My office phone number for weekdays is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The website is n-e-i-l-s-p-e-r-r-y dot com. I'll be back with more after these messages. All right, Kelly, and we go to T.W. in Houston County. T.W., it's Neil. Yes. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for your program, and we thank KIVY for broadcasting your program. We surely do. You're exactly right. How can I help you? Well, uh, our oak trees look terrible in the county and on my property, and, and they're, of course, they're green up about midways, and they look like the tops of them are, are dying. And then I had one in the front, uh, a big oak tree, been there for many, many years. It greened out all the way to the very top, and now the leaves turn brown, and it, they're dying and falling off. And so do we have any information on what's taking place with these oak trees? Oh, we do. Uh, in fact, I wrote about it, and, and, well, actually, Steve Hazard did more of the writing than I did, but uh, uh, a uh, state arborist of the year uh, in my electronic newsletter day before yesterday, which is on my website if you want to look at it. Okay. Um, they're, they're in all various states of ill repair right now and, and self-healing, um, and they're all different species are involved. It's, it's something that uh, none of us has ever seen quite like this. Um, when you have a canopy that is sparse, and Steve was using the 50% uh, dividing line a lot, uh, if you have... Steve is somebody I've known for 35 years and, and respect immensely for his tree work. His crews, just in all candor, they advertise uh, on several of my radio programs and in, in e-gardens and other places, so they're, I, I want that understood. Uh, they also do all the tree work at my home, and, and so I've watched them work, and I, I respect them. And I asked his advice on, on oaks, and he, he wrote up a, a really good, useful piece of information based on what their crews have seen. Uh, if if the canopy is at less than 50%, and, and especially if it's significantly less than 50% uh, of the normal foliage, then the tree is is uh, is very weak. Uh, we know that, uh, but that's the dividing line. You really need to worry when it has 20% of its normal leaves. Um, it also you're also needing to monitor the bark on the on the trunk to see if there are splits. They're uh, 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 they're called radial shake, and if you have those splits and if the bark is popping loose from the trunk and you're seeing wood on the inside and no attempt at new bark forming don't be peeling that bark off but if you just can see that there's nothing happening nothing good happening beneath those uh, splits 
then that's a bad sign. It all, we're doing this kind of adding everything together. Um, if you're seeing sprouts coming out and, and the new growth looks fairly vigorous, then you want to watch that new growth and see if it holds through the hot weather of the next two months. Uh, hopefully it will. And if it does, then we may have some trimming to do to get rid of the dead branches that are farther out. I'm seeing a lot of that on, on live oaks and red oaks, uh, where it looks like the, the, the top uh, 20% of the tree has died back, but the, the rest of the tree looks pretty good. Each one of these is different. Each tree is its own individual uh, different specimen, and we have to deal with them individually. Um, the, the smaller trees, Steve wrote, uh, seem to be impacted more than large trees. But that's kind of what he wrote, and if you it, you can look at it for at no charge. There's no charge ever on eGardens, but I mean you can find it very easily right now because it's uh, at neilsperry.com, and then just click on eGardens, and you'll see the sample, uh, the the one from two nights ago right there. His name is Steve Hauser, and it's his story on oaks. It just okay. says, "Where do we go now with oaks?" Okay, okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And let me put out a warning to folks that don't do tree cutting. Uh, we had a large one in our yard that after a storm blew over, and I did not realize how heavy that that tree or that wood was. And Aren't they so amazing? It, it is incredible. And so, yes, it, and I tried to uh, remove it, and I couldn't, uh, no matter. And so I had to hire people to do it. So I had a pecan branch taken off our uh, pecan tree right at our front door. It was getting down to within about 18 inches of our roof, and I, I just didn't want it to come any farther and rub the roof. It wasn't. I wasn't worried about dropping, breaking, but I just didn't need it any lower. And um, it was, and and so they removed it. They're very, they're very careful when they do something like that and they bring right. it down in pieces i tried to it was oh i'm gesturing with my hands i'm probably 14 inches in diameter they saved me a piece that was about uh probably six inches long eight inches long uh that had a, a screw eye in it that i'd use for hanging baskets and i said i'd just like to have that because i've had some of my favorite plants hanging from that right. just as a as a memory Sometimes, you know, TW, you save stuff and you don't know why you did it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I got and a I went to pick pull. that. I thought I'll just pick that up with my finger and carry it out to the garage. Whoa. My finger would have been 14 inches long if I'd done that. That was so <laughs> dense. That's the difference. Those woods are dense after all that time. Yeah, but you're yes, right. They are. Yeah. Treat them with respect. And that's all the more your point is really well made because if you have a tree that's in distress like this, don't wait too long because if it falls, it will do a lot of damage and hurt somebody. And so get a certified arborist on the on the site as soon as you you can. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You're terrific. Well, I appreciate your call. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's go to Woodrow in Austin County. Woodrow, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, sir. Uh, I got. I called you a couple of months ago about palm trees. Okay. Uh, you said you gotta wait till June and see if they come back. How's it going? I had doing? one. It it grew a little limb. It grew one little leaf up there and it looked like it's dying too now. Yeah, that's what we're afraid of, and that's why we waited. Uh, there's. I think we're gonna see that. You heard me say that about the oaks. Let's wait and see how they do in the heat. Right. And it, once it turned hot, some of this uh, new growth that's coming out on shrubs and trees is going to fizzle. They just can't sustain it. So if that's right. happened to your palm, you're probably going to have to replace the palm. Right. That's what I'm afraid of. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else I can do to brighten your day? <laughs> that's it. That's that's good. You asked my question, so. All right. Have a fine. good day. Thank you, Woodrow. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you. All right. Welcome back to Ted in College Station. He has another uh, poem question. We'll do that in just a moment. Right now, though, I need to tell you uh, about my website. And you've heard me talk about my website several times. That's where you sign up for eGardens, my free electronic newsletter. It's the only place in the world you can sign up for that. It's uh, one of only two ways you can get my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, the other way being call my office. But it's easier just to go to the website, neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L. It's the vowels are in alphabetic order, so that you can spell it right. I didn't buy up all the combinations of how you spell my name. I just bought the right way, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. And so you can buy my book there. That's, like I say, one of only two places you can buy my book, the other one being Calling My Office. Uh, that's where you see my answers to 1001 Frequently Asked Questions. That was another book I did, and that publisher went bankrupt. You see why I self-published the book. Uh, it's also where you see my archived information on rose rosette virus and information on crepe myrtle bark scale. A lot of information at neilsperry.com. I hope you'll look. I think you'll find it to be of value. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com neilsperry.com let me uh, tell you about Mueller at Mueller they believe in value their value plus buildings are pre-engineered and they feature an easy to assemble bolt together design Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail resistant and they come backed by a 30 year limited paint warranty but you know true value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price it shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale they understand at Mueller that buying a steel building or a metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision, and Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You get more for your money, you get more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. Call Mueller at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. Or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com. Mueller means more. I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly. We go to Tad in College Station. Tad, thanks for waiting. How can I help you? Thanks for taking my call. Can you yes, hear sir. me on the speakerphone? Hear you fine. Yes, sir. Great. Just a rough timeline. I know you can't have a crystal ball, but a Mexican palm frozen in February, 30 feet tall. How long before you think it might fall on something? Why don't you take it down now if you think it's dead? Well, I don't know if it's dead or not. Around here, all south of Texas A&M, I see on the street professional grown and planted Mexican palms, and maybe in some places a third of them are still good and still blooming at top, and sometimes 50%, and and one to another might be dead and the other one alive. I just don't know how much longer to wait. Yeah, I wouldn't wait more than another month or two. I, I certainly wouldn't wait past the 1st of September. 
I don't know the answer to your question. I don't know how how strong the fibers are, but you you if it doesn't sprout out during all the hot weather of the first summer, I can't imagine that it would would sprout out after that. You are more than welcome. I will not be embarrassed. I will not be ashamed if you contact somebody with a Palm Society somewhere and ask the same question of them. I encourage you to do that because this is not something with which I have any experience. I I live way too far north to grow it, and we've never encountered anything like this. So, you know, maybe somebody out of Florida that's with the Palm Society. There has to be one somewhere that would help you. Okay, well, let me just say I appreciate uh, your and kudos for self-publishing and also your Mueller buildings have always been recommended by my structural engineer. Here Aren't in they Boston. good? Yeah, they are good. They've got a nice big facility there on the bypass. I like seeing that when I come home. Home is College Station, so I, I love coming back to College Station. Thanks for taking my call. Great show. See you later. Thank you. You got it. Take care. Brenda is in Amarillo as we go across Texas. How can I help you, Brenda? Good morning, Neil. You're right. My my husband bought me your book for my birthday, and it is a very nice source of information and a very compact book. Thank you. So thank you for that. Thanks. Um, My problem is my roses, and I have some that are heirloom, and I have some that are knockouts. They're just various kinds. Some of them have real pale yellow, mainly on the new growth. The, the blooms look fine. The plants themselves look healthy, but the color is weird, and it's not really quite what I usually see when it's a lack of iron. It's more of a pale yellow than a chartreuse color. Okay. Is that still a lack of iron, or is there something that happened when we had our freeze maybe that would cause that? Um. I don't know. Oh, how I wish my Facebook page were still active. I wish Facebook hadn't uh, changed their formatting. I'm, I'm have a consultant hired right now working on it this weekend. I'm still trying to get a, a workaround. I'd like to see what you have. Um, my question of you is: Are you familiar with rose rosette virus? No, I've heard you mention it on the show, but I have, right. I don't. If you'll go really. to my website, uh, the the photos are a couple of years old. I've just left them up uh, without even being embarrassed that they may have a, a time stamp on them from a couple of years ago, because rose rosette virus has annihilated roses in the Dallas Fort Worth metroplex. It would be very difficult for me to find uh, a rose garden in DFW right now that that doesn't have it. And it's fatal once it once it starts. Knockouts are the most likely to have it. Um, not I don't know that they're necessarily more prone to it, but they are used in massed uh, uh, plantings more than any other rose variety, and so it it tends to show up in them. And 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 when a commercial uh, nursery uh, landscape contractor uses the knockouts in in big numbers, then mm-hmm. that bed gets infected and. It, it spreads through the neighborhood. So look that up first before you go to do the, do the, the things you look for on, on rosette. And I only have about half a minute, but you look for a lot of big thorns that show up on a few of the stems, buds that don't open properly, oddly colored, uh, uh, leaves that look like they've been sprayed with 2,4-D herbicide. 
the whole plant looks strange. There's something weird looking about that plant, and then it goes downhill. I don't okay. know that that's what you have, but and since I don't have much more time and can't see it, I would suggest okay. taking a sample to a Texas certified or master certified nursery professional. I'd take it in a plastic bag. They don't want you bringing it in uh, open okay. to the air, but i got to run. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Happy gardening.